You're watching Truth versus Hype. A day of mourning and anger today as the bodies of the Jawans killed in the suicide bomb attack in Kashmir returned to their homes. On the same day, leaders of all political parties met in Delhi and vowed to unite in the fight against terror. The army, the Prime Minister says, has been given a free hand to respond. Now, we've seen this cycle before. The violence, the grieving families, the condemnations, the warnings to Pakistan. Until the next attack comes along. Worryingly, not only does this cycle show no signs of stopping, it seems to have gotten worse in the past five years. Just look at these numbers. Between 2014 and 2018, terror strikes have gone up almost 180%. Security forces killed up almost 100%. Locals joining militancy up 260%. Civilians killed up 36%. Terrorists killed up 134%, which is of course good. But cross-border firing or ceasefire violations, as we call it, illegal shelling by Pakistan across the border has gone up 150%. So were the warning signs already in place before this terrible attack? Let me just uh, first go across to Lieutenant General D.S. Huda, who, of course, uh, we all know as one of our most widely respected military commanders and also someone who oversaw uh, that uh, you know, the famous uh, quote-unquote surgical strike of 2016. Thank you very much indeed, General, for joining us. Just to get you started on the first question that arises from this attack, as uh, I just pointed out, all the indications were of a worsening climate, a security climate in Jammu and Kashmir. And then at the end of it, we have the Pulwama attack. Is there something that we're doing which is not quite right? Uh, Srinivasan, uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, I think we now need to take a very, very hard look, uh, both at our uh, external uh, strategy to deal with Pakistan, as well as, uh, you know, our internal strategy within Kashmir. Mm. Um, you know, there is a lot of talk about this has failed and that has failed. And I think we should put that behind us. Uh, take a very hard look uh, at how we've been doing things. Uh, identify what the, what the faults are. Uh, see where we need to tweak it. Right. Uh, as you as you rightly said, uh, it was clear that the situation was worsening. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, some of us were saying, you know, militancy is on its last legs and uh, things are going to get better. Uh, that was not reflected in the situation on ground. Apart right. from what you apart from what you've said, you know, there was uh, there is a there is a massive increase in radicalization. Yes. Uh, and that is what is leading to now locals, you know. Uh, going as far as becoming a suicide bomber. So I, I think we, you know, it's time to take a hard look at what we've been doing. Uh, also look at a more consistent and long-term strategy. Uh, because every time... You, yeah. Can I ask you before we come to long-term, because, you know, given the kind of uh, language we've seen used by the political establishment, the army has been given a free hand and so on and so forth, does that indicate to you that we might be heading to some kind of retaliation, perhaps another surgical strike? Srinivas, what, uh, what shape and form it takes, uh, I don't know. Uh, certainly, uh, let's be realistic. Uh, there is a lot of pressure on the government now with this, with this massive attack. Hmm. Uh, the difference between this and URI uh, has been that after the URI attack, there was no terrorist organization which claimed responsibility. Right. Now, immediately within minutes of the attack having taken place at Pulwama, uh, you have a 
a Pakistan based terror organization openly admitting that yes we have done it hmm. so there is there is tremendous pressure on uh, on the government uh, to show some action what uh, kind of what i i know you're saying that what that action will be is something that has to be seen but given the fact that uh, you know the last surgical strike we went public with it do you think that still is an option to carry out a strike like that it certainly is an option so uh, some indications are obvious uh, shrinivasan when they said Ar- army has been given a free hand uh, frankly the army always had a you know fairly uh, right. free hand to operate on the line of control uh, i think the signal that is being sent out is that you are going to see uh, possibly a more heated uh, you know line of control I, it's it's already very heated up but uh, you will definitely see uh, you know more exchanges on the line of control hmm. uh, you could well see you could well see some cross border operations hmm. uh, although although this time uh, let me be frank uh, you know you, you will see the pakistan army uh, more prepared uh, last time there was surprise uh, right. i don't see that happening this time so it's going to be a huge challenge for the army if they are planning cross border operations Uh, not that it's impossible frankly having served in that area uh, but it's something that they they'll need to cater for right the uh, fact I, that pakistan is going to be more prepared would you advise that this time around if we do carry out such an operation we shouldn't publicize it that's up to the government shrinivasan uh, again being uh, being a realistic uh, you know taking a realistic view uh, with the way the mood in the country is uh, i don't see how they will not at least inform the public that this is what we've done i i think they will do it you think that they will but can i just ask you that uh, before we let you go that the question about the efficacy of these surgical strikes because we had the surgical strike after uri but unfortunately after that we've had a number of terror attacks of course including this most recent one but starting from as you know that terrible attack on the army base in nagrota in uh, november of 2016 so really what do we hope to achieve uh with these strikes uh shrinivasan you know when uh, when uh, we were planning the 2016 uh, strikes uh it was not even remotely in our minds that this one strike is going to uh, stop all cross border terror activity by pakistan right uh, uh, it was that we needed to send a strong message that we can come across your areas uh, it's not that we are going to be defensive in our own place right uh, i've also held the view that uh, in case we want uh, you know pakistan in a long term to change its behavior uh, then there needs to be a more sustained response uh now whether it's uh, diplomatic political economic mm. uh, even even in some ways uh, you know military right so once you have a long term sustained strategy that this is how you know we want to deal yes uh, with pakistan's approach to terror uh, that's the way to go to expect you know one surgical strike uh, every two years is going to change anything uh, that's not going to happen right okay um when you say sustained i i i would have liked to have gotten into that in more depth with you but i'm told we're short of time but let me just quickly ask you a final question about you know the fact that this suicide bomber could get access to rdx or whatever was the very high grade explosive that he used load it into a vehicle get right up alongside a convoy of crpf blow it up what is that telling you as a soldier where are you know what what could have what are the things that went wrong there i think firstly you know how is it that so much explosive uh, uh, has has come into the valley 
we don't know, you know, various quantities are being, being talked about and uh, I guess it will get investigated. Right. Uh, but but access availability to this kind of uh, explosive uh, right. is one. This requires huge expertise to build this kind of an IED. Uh, and then, you know, getting access uh, to the road, uh, frankly, you know, having having served there, uh, you have the road open after four or five days and you will find civil traffic which has been trapped in Jammu, which wants to come up. Civil traffic, you know, which couldn't go down to Jammu from Srinagar, mm. that would also be moving. Large army convoys, large CRPF convoys uh, would be moving. Uh, so I guess they will put some uh, some procedures in place. Okay. Uh, but if there, but if there is one suicide bomber who wants to do something, uh, I think to to expect that every attack can be thwarted, uh, unfortunately, is not is not practical. It's not realistic. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. General Ruda, thanks very much indeed uh, for joining us. Thanks very much indeed. Okay, also waiting patiently here in the studio, Ajay Sahani, counterterrorism expert. Thanks very much uh, for being here. We have MP Nathaniel, former IG CRPF, and Lalita Kumaramangalam of the BJP. Uh, Ajay, if I can just start with you, because you've just written a kind of quick analysis of the attack, the Pulwama attack, and uh, your sort of assessment is not very optimistic because the standard rhetoric has been that this is a cowardly attack, this is a dastardly attack, but you're actually suggesting the reverse, that this indicates that groups like the jaish e mohammed have actually become emboldened. It's not just groups. I, you know, one of the first things I would like to emphasize, I don't think jaish e mohammed is important at all. Right. The only group that matters in this region is the inter-services intelligence. Right. They turn them on and off. They decide whether it is the Hizb which is going to be active or the Jaish which is going to be active. Sure. Now, in this particular incident, what I see is that the Jaish has been uh, given a very clear mandate mm. to escalate. Mm. And I believe this is linked to what is happening on the Afpak uh, complex. I believe that this is a, uh, a manifestation of a growing confidence on the part of the uh, Pakistan uh, uh, army and establishment that uh, victory over there is Im uh, imminent, that they are now going to have the resources and capability and most importantly impunity. Hmm. Because if uh, you know the Americans could not protect their own interests in Afghanistan, hmm. who is going to come and protect Indian interests in Jammu and Kashmir? Right. And Indian, uh, uh, the the Indian state has proven itself to be far too vacillatory, far too uh, weak to really take a strong stance against uh, Pakistani terrorism. Specifically, though, what are we doing wrong in your view? One of the things you spoke about is that we don't seem to be able to build capacity. Look, amongst uh, other things, when do we discuss? all this nonsense about uh, strategy after an incident and for how long do we discuss it right. strategic options are created through preparation through investment over decades mm. for decades we have in fact in real terms diminished uh, investment into the uh, defense structures, into the internal security. you have a 5%, 6% increase in home ministry and defense ministry budgets per annum. Right. That doesn't even take care of inflation. Right. It, and every year, your revenue expenditure, which is salaries, pensions, maintenance, sure. that in, uh, augments. You are down to 5 to 7% capital expenditure per year. Okay. On 5 to 7% capital expenditure per year, much of which is not actually expended uh, at the end of the year, right. you are not even addressing 15-year-old uh, uh, deficits. Okay, so, so that's, a, that's a big challenge. But uh, Lalita Kumaramangalam, can I just... Uh, ask you that, you know, part of the 
the way in which you tackle a problem is that you acknowledge it. Now, um, I, I don't know if you were able to listen in to when we were just putting up, and we can put those slides up on screen again, of the worsening climate, the security climate in Jammu and Kashmir. I'll just repeat that very quickly. Terror strikes up almost 200%. Security forces killed up almost 100%. Locals joining militancy, this is worrying, up 260%. Civilians killed up 36%. Is there a need to, apart from the immediate response to whatever happens, uh, you know, India's response to whatever happened, you know, to, to Pulwama, to acknowledge that somewhere along the line we're going wrong in Jammu and Kashmir? Um, I think that so far, and uh, Vasu, let me make this clear, this is not a party line. I'm here today as an Indian, not just a member of the BJP. And uh, of course, uh, my condolences to the families and my tributes to the martyrs who live down their lives so that we can live safely. Yes. But I want to make this very clear that I think that we now need to not only meet the enemy and face the enemy, and if you ask me, destroy the enemy from outside, but those that are also there in our country. Because as you pointed out earlier in this program, mm. this young boy uh, was not turned by you know, people from within our own country. And he must have had help from inside India to be able to collect that amount of explosive, etc., etc. Mm. Of course, the actual truth will come out once our raw, etc., have done their job and the IB, etc. And we don't need to really discuss that in detail on television. But the fact is that I think we have been too soft. I also think that there has to be not only consistency, but also unity amongst the political, all across the spectrum, the political peer, the politicians of this country. But when you Regardless say that, of who's in power, both in the center and in the state. But when and you say other that, states too. When you say that, can I just, yeah, can sorry, I just jump in for a second? When you, when, you talk of, hmm. when you talk of unity, obviously yeah. no one would deny that. And in fact, sure, there, ha sure. there has been largely complete unity on this. We've just had the all-party meeting today. But worryingly, I must point this out, that some members of this government have come out criticizing opposition parties for aligning with terrorists. We actually have a soundbite of Jitendra Singh, who's the Minister of State in the Prime Minister's office and a very senior member of the cabinet. Let's just listen to what he said in the immediate aftermath of this attack. No, certainly this is this is a distortly act. But at the same time, I, I find this as an opportunity through you to also call to question those who, while living in India, while calling themselves or describing themselves as mainstream politicians in Kashmir, tend to be apologetic about all the these 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 terror activities. There should also be an equal amount of action or 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 uh, taking to task those who, while living in India, seek ministerial births through farcical elections by posing as mainstream politicians, and they day in and day night deliver such statements which tend to provide fodder to terrorism. I was actually personally quite shocked when I heard this. I mean, not a single mainstream political party in Kashmir or otherwise has come out in support of what happened. And yet you have a cabinet minister using this kind of language. Isn't this actually Pastor, worsening? You're misinterpreting what isn't Mr. this worsening the political, the, the political climate of Kashmir? 
when you target mainstream politicians. Vasu, you forget that the Hurriyat is also there in Kashmir. And but they're not part of mainstream politics. From that state. So, I mean, I don't think he was talking about the political parties. He was probably talking about the Hurriyat. No. And quite he frankly, he was talking about political I mean, parties. I think I'm being extremely inflammatory. Of those who seek. He was talking about people who seek ministerial births. He was talking of people who seek ministerial births. He's talking about mainstream political parties. Vas yes, okay. Vasu, just let me finish. If there are people in this country, regardless of who they are, uh, gender, religion, etc., etc., notwithstanding, if there are people who keep expecting India to turn its face, to keep getting slapped across it over and over again, then I think that you can expect rhetoric like this from people who actually belong who from these? Kashmir. But who are these people? Please remember that Dr. Singh belongs Lalita Kumar to Kashmir. Who is an ex-army but, man? But who are the people? There are many people. The Hurriyat is there. The but Huriyat we're not talking of the Hurriyat. Offhand, I can't name names, There's but I'm sure you know those names better than me, Vasu. I, I don't can ask you the same question. I, I, I don't know I mean, a, a single mainstream political party. A single okay. mainstream but political party in Jammu and Kashmir who has come out in support in of this country. attack. Everyone has it's come out condemning when it. When it comes to terror. Whether it's the NC, whether it's the PDP, so everybody has condemned it. Nobody has come out perhaps again, uh, for in favor of this attack. Nobody can do that. Vasu, let's be clear here. Nobody can do this in this country, then what's especially the problem? in this moment. But even today, if you want names, you want names, I will give you a name which will probably inflame a lot of people, but let me give you that name. Today, after the in, in Calcutta, what has Mamata Banerjee done? She has diluted the statement that was originally prepared. Right? Why? I'd like to ask why. I don't want to make an accusation saying that it's only because of her political ambitions, but I many mean, people could that, do so and maybe they are is right. That, is that so now, let's not blame one side. This is not the time to be blaming either the BJP or the Congress or any but the other minister person is, for that matter. Okay. This is anyway. the time for us to stand together, regardless of whether we are politicians, okay. Let media me just people, ask. general public, people from the defense services, bureaucracy, etc., etc. All right, Mr. Nathaniel. India needs to now really stand together. Okay. And every Mr. one Nath of us who don't is at fault. Mr. Nathaniel, can I ask you that every time after an attack, we hear about how there will be steps taken to try and provide more or better equipment to the CRPF or whichever was the particular security forces uh, division that was attacked. Does that actually happen on the ground or do these end up becoming a lot of empty promises? Well, generally, what happens is after every such incident, hmm. a court of inquiry is ordered and it goes into the details of the incident and comes out with its recommendations. And in those recommendations, if there are anything to be purchased, hmm. these purchases are immediately started. Okay. And Has that been happening though? Because when one sees an attack like this, for example, just to come back to the question I posed General Huda, what do you think has gone wrong here that actually allowed the suicide bomber to come up? And how, no, how can you fix it? Interrupt here. He yes. just said that the process is immediately started. Yeah. Please do ask him when it is completed. Yeah, that's what I meant. Does it actually happen? Yeah. It takes time. It's not that you procure the items immediately. How you much have time? Pass tenders and all. How much time? Can we have rough estimates? We can't say exactly how much time because it depends on the kind of equipment you're getting and then the availability within the country hmm. or abroad. Okay. Depending on that, then the tenders are invited and uh, action taken to procure those items. Quick lesson uh, though from this, this particular bomb blast, the fact that you could bring in this vehicle loaded with... How, what, what do you think has gone wrong here and what, how, how could we fix that? 
to a certain extent i would say there was intelligence failure in this uh, particular incident right it wasn't expected of uh, such a magnitude mm. the problem was that when the vehicles are moving around yes and even the civil vehicles are moving around right we generally don't do not suspect that somebody would come and straight away do such a thing okay. because this has happened after about 17 18 years 13 years yeah after 13 years okay we're short of time i want to quickly ask all three of you what do you what what could india do next starting with you ajay but before i do that you seem to be suggesting that things are now actually going to get worse in terms of the intensity or the escalation i'm going to say two or three very quick things yes one uh this whole thing about this uh, uh vehicle approaching the uh convoy. convoy first of all please understand that till about 2003 2004 mm. all these roads uh, in uh, leading into uh, convoys in uh, and and the mixing of civilian vehicles with convoys mm. was not permitted mm. it was under political pressure mm. and this nonsense that civilians are being inconvenienced that this uh, was permitted that you could uh, merge civilian traffic with uh uh security convoys right now i think we should uh focus on this kind of uh politics okay. as well number 1 number 2 i wish you had started your data from a little longer before okay uh we talk about the situation in jammu and kashmir worsening uh by 2012 we actually had just 99 according to official data 99 fatalities in jammu and kashmir so there are a lot of things that were happening improving the situation the situation has worsened because of active political mischief polarizing politics de- deliberate destabilization of the state mm. and as a result an environment of extreme uh, radicalization and violence okay. has been promoted there having said this come to what we can do yes quickly uh, i don't care whether there is a surgical strike or any petty tactical re- uh, retaliation right. unless we start investing you know there was one statement by kps gill mm. he re- wrote this long ago he said the weak are never at peace right unless we acquire the requisite strength we will always be trembling in front of a power which okay. is 1/8th our size okay lalita kumar mangalam quickly i want to ask you will there at least be a different approach to the policy in kashmir the political strategy in kashmir moving away from this kind of polarizing approach the government i'm sure is going to review a lot of things but uh, i agree with what mr kps gill said that we cannot be weak uh, we have to present a strong and a unified front and we have right. to take action against pakistan not just militarily but in every other way that we can okay. economic political right. uh, both international and national and okay. we also have to give enough freedom to our uh, to our intelligence uh, agencies to the army etc to be able to do what they are supposed to do protect okay. this country and its people regardless okay, of hand. you know where they may okay. be whether it's kashmir or tamil nadu or west bengal or anywhere right, else so i okay. think we really need to respect them for that and give okay. them that free hand very quickly what can in india fact, do what, what is what are if, if you were to summarize in one line in fact what i would say do? the best defense is to be on the offensive all the time not uh, waiting that some incident takes place then you go for a surgical strike. strike and thereafter forget it this should be a constant uh, kind of effort right to go across the borders and keep them in their places keep them in their place all right yeah. we'll have to wait and see what exactly happens but we're out of time thank you all so much for joining us that's it on truth versus hype thanks for watching good night